you are now about to witness the Osamar crushing a might uh, of the U G S Robinson show stop Welcome, my friends, to a show that just about seemingly never ends. Eugene S. Robinson, showstopper, version a one, a seven, oh, three, Euro style, three. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Got a lot to talk about today. Strangely enough, Given how much of a snoozer last night's fight was. Not snoozer as much as, well, it's complicated. Go to the Substack, eugenesrobinson.substack. If you want the first, last, and final word on accused rapist Connor McNuggets, it's there. But first, Bob Riley from Stigmata is going to sing us in like he has since 2007. Song is called Intro All of Nothing from Stigmata Calling of the Just. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub, hit your car with a camera, and get rid of your pro tem mayor. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and forth, always nothing. All right, my friends, my my friend, uh, mis amigos, uh, uh, Eugene. In Japanese, friend is Eugene. Isn't it hard to believe I'm the international symbol for friendliness, kindness, and goodwill toward human beings? That's me. Anyway, this is version number 173. 173, bunch of fingers to denote numbers one and a seven and a three. And um, uh, commercials. Well, I... I <clears throat> I feel bad even telling you how, how I screwed up, <laughs> but you know, I guess I, I must. So I, I was railing last week about how the, the, the take on Patreon was down. And then I made some passing reference. The take was on, on Patreon was down because I only put up one of the shows on Patreon f- for all of June. So it wasn't actually down because they only charge per show. If I had done what I was supposed to, and put all four shows, you know, there's a show a week for a month, then the take would have been actually normal. So never mind. Um, Steph, out of the largest of our, her hearts and, and uh, 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 budgets, actually uh, expensed or bought or got this for me. What is it? What is it ringing? Um, to, uh, so I could uh, watch the fights on something other than the phone. So, uh, um, so this stuff does count. Thank you, Pinko95014 at yahoo.com. Cash app, Venmo, uh, patreon.com slash the stomper or stomperville. I can never remember which, or the old fashioned way. And, uh, you can send it by mail like Tommy Pound. Tommy LB does. And uh, uh, I'll put that address here. 
and uh, lest some of you are thinking crazy thoughts, I check the mailbox intermittently and at odd times, so don't get any ideas. <laughs> but you really want to, now since I'm in the typing mode, you really want to check out and subscribe if you haven't the uh, um, Substack uh, on uh, Connor, uh, alleged rapist Connor. Uh, it's been bothering me. And if you watch last week's show, you know that uh, a good friend of mine said, Eugene, professionally speaking, you could get a lot further in life. And we're talking narrow cast now. And it was one of those things like, you can do what you want, eyeball, eyeball, eyeball. But there are people who are looking at what you do, eyeball, eyeball, eyeball. And it might behoove you, professionally speaking, eyeball, 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 to no longer refer to accused rapist Connor, uh, 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 Connor McNuggets as Connor McRapist or Connor McAnal, eyeball, eyeball, eyeball. And it was really super effective. Because when I was growing up, you had two ways of doing things from the, the male father figures in my life. You had my father's way and my stepfather's way. Now, my father's way, we were always at loggerheads with each other. He was an autocrat. And I don't want to say an autocrat. That's kind of strong. He was like, you know, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, don't do that again. To, to which even me as a kid, I want to say, a what? A what? What are you going to do? I was a mouthy kid. Every time I read about some 13, there was a recently a 15-year-old kid who was killed by his stepfather, actually killed by his, well, there were two. There was one kid who found pictures of his dad dressed as a woman eating poop from a diaper. And he apparently got very upset in the way that young men get very upset and demanded an explanation. And the explanation he got was a strangulation. When your explanation is strangulation, a new book, the father is in jail, the son is dead. You find a picture of somebody in a dress eating poop from a diaper. You know what you say? At 15, I knew you keep your fucking mouth shut. You find something like that. <laughs> Who knows? Listen, a friend of mine, eyeball, eyeball, eyeball. A friend of mine um, had a, a, a gang, a, a group scene. A, a woman's fantasy was to have sex with three men at once. Now, two of the guys there were seasoned hands. They wanted to escape as soon as it was over. The third guy, he had never been there before. So he was wanting to hang out and lounge around all night and, you know, go walk in the next day and sightseeing, you know an amateur but dude had a micro penis the guy told me and he was terrified he's terrified that he when he left the guy there he goes and this is a direct quote he goes a guy with a penis that small who knows what he'll do a man in a dress eating actual poop from an actual diaper and taking photos of it which means that to a certain degree, this was something that excited him in perpetuity. You don't confront that guy. I digress. That guy got killed and some other kid who was about 15 years old got killed. Okay, I say loggerheads. I, my attitude was always, oh, what? Don't lean against that column. Why not? Because I, I, I'm telling you to. I think it makes a better picture if I do lean against the column. At loggerheads. At loggerheads. Now, my stepfather, he had a very different way of doing things. He was like, I, I wouldn't do it, but go ahead. <laughs> Something that I've actually done with my kids. It's like, hey, it's not really my deal, but if you think dating an ex-con is in your best interest, go ahead. What am I going to do? Go ahead. So that, that always works better with me. That always works better with me. The eyeball, 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 I start to read between the lines. And I start to read between the lines of the lines I was reading between. And I start like going all kind of zap rooter on it. Like really, and then I realized at the conclusion of this week that I've been thinking a lot about 
accused rapist Connor McGregor. It's very hard to say that. Focus. Um, and at the end of the week, I was like, why is, why, <laughs> why, it, it, it's, it's a weird mass delusion. Bill, Bill Burr does a great piece about Nazi Germany. And he's like, didn't somebody at any point want to want to pull dude aside? Yeah, okay, I know there was no internet there. We didn't say, oh, Archie's here. Hey, man. Didn't somebody want to pull dude aside when he's going off and say, hey, hey. <laughs> didn't somebody, it wasn't the system supposed to catch outliers. Like, I mean, wasn't it, isn't the net of, of common good supposed to catch cats like this? This is Bill Burr, Burr's thing. Yeah, well, apparently not. Apparently not. So the entire, certainly MMA journalism. I mean, can you think of any other regard? Can you think, and this is not about cancel culture and all these internet buzzwords. Can you think of any other endeavor where a grown adult male I'm laughing because I'm thinking of Pill Cosby. Gets arrested for sexual assault three times and still maintains his job. I mean, you know, yeah, Harvey Weinstein, Pill Cosby. Yes, yes, I get you. I Okay. But generally... Not many of us could be accused of something in a very public forum and still stay employable. And that's what this show was about, maybe. Employability. No, it's not about that. So, you know, so everybody, we're all caught up in this mass delusion like, okay, Hitler's not crazy. Okay, I mean, somebody once said about me, they were like, how would we know if you were crazy? What kind of question is that? What kind of question? Have I ever done anything that's crazy? And they said, yeah, you have. I go, like what? Blanks. Blanks. Just because I don't have a good uh, buffer and it's like from the head to the mouth doesn't mean I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but dude is, I mean, we, we need to have a crisis intervention. And if, if you, and I'm going to lift a line from taxi driver. And, and if you consider my Substack a crisis intervention, then, then that's what it is. I was going to give it a, a couple days and I was going to, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you do? Uh, uh, tweet it to him. You don't really tweet it to him, though, right? What do you 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 tag him? Give it a I see I see YMI and then tag him. You gotta understand that this is not this is not something I do lightly or easily. I've been in Dublin three or four times for the book tour, for the Oxbow shows, for recording music. Go to Dublin all the time. These cats who are calling me, threatening me, or texting me through WhatsApp or, you know, threatening me. I, I, it's not like I'm worried about murder. And I've been doing this since before many people were alive. I can take a beating. But the fact that you think that a beating is going to solve this man's very real existential problems and I'm not even talking about the criminal charges. These, in my mind, are symptoms. Somebody has persistent halitosis, they might have stomach cancer. Might, maybe. So I've spent this whole week in this accused rapist, uh, Connor McGregor headspace, and I was like, you know, uh, Dr. Gene Scott once talked about himself as being the last truly free voice in America, which was lifted by Cabaret Voltaire when they got obsessed with Dr. Gene Scott, Stanford grad as well. Last truly free voice in America. 
Why is nobody wanting to address this? Ben Roethlisberger, bad actors, guys that you wouldn't want to hang around any female that you were related to. I mean, it may happen. It may happen that a guy who leaves a house with one shoe on and one shoe off, his underwear on the outside of his pants, and a magic marker shirt, it may be that that guy is also in his spare time wearing a dress and eating poop out of a diaper. These things might be connected. It may be that a guy who's dancing on a table in Ibiza with a cardboard cutout of his face on his face is the same guy who's threatening to murder a competitor after having broken his leg in the ring and then tweeting out pictures of the man's child and threatening the murdered child before deleting the tweet. Look, in life, in life, we, we can measure the success or failure of our activities based on what it is they bring us. I took a job at Apple. I get Apple stock. That was a good choice. I quit Apple and I go to Adobe. I no longer get Apple stock. That was a bad choice. <laughs> Simple. We're amoebas. You break your leg, threatening to murder somebody's family. TV can't are rolling that if you do murder them, <laughs> you have made a bad choice. And if you don't murder them, you're the king of empty promises and you've made a bad choice because people don't respect your effort there. So while I'm yielding to eyeball, eyeball, eyeball in regards to accused rapist Connor McGregor, the amount of time I had to think this thing through resulted in a substack about accused rapist Connor McGregor. I am now having legal counsel look into me calling him accused anal rapist Connor McGregor, um, whether that's too specific and, but I think I know the answer to that. There's not a single job interview I could go on where I could use the phrase accused anal rapist that would get me the job. And that's mind blowing that talking about an accused anal rapist (laughs) will garner you greater sanction than if you were an accused anal rapist. How do you like that? Money changes everything. Anyway, that's not what this show is about. That I just explained the substack to you. That's it. 18 minutes of explanation. The show is about the fight last night. Now, we did, as you know, uh, get up early this morning. Well, got up early this morning and trained jiu-jitsu. Had the Sunday service. Hands were shaking because I'm nervous. Cats are fighting. Um, And then uh, rushed back, gave uh, my kid's cat an insulin shot, and then started the show with John Nash and and Steph. And my picks were 100% on. I had four fights, uh, four cares out of 10 fights, and, uh, and they all came up. So that was fine. We'll talk about some of those. Um, you think ordinarily I'd be happy about that. Four picks, all right. 100% pick rate, thinly beaten, marks down in his book. I had a good week. And then, of course, Care Don't Care is forward-looking as well. So we talk about the fight coming up next week. And 14 fights on the card. Care about two. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that next week's card is that kind of card. I don't want to cheat, care, don't care, watch, care, don't care. Uh, it usually comes Monday at noon. If you have notifications set up, it'll notify you, or you watch the Twitter machine, it'll come through there. But we, one of the things I said, and I didn't elaborate because that show is not my show, care, don't care is not my show. But one of the things that I, I said is like, we were all pretty happy about getting the 100%. But I was like, eh, um, is it just me? And that I'm getting up now again at six in the morning to do jujitsu, so I'm kind of tired. 
Is it just me or did last night's fight seem kind of a snoozy affair? And they paused. And they paused for a couple of reasons. Because Steph micro laser focused, not micro focused, it makes it sound pejorative, laser focused on the fights themselves. She goes, it was a good night of fights. Steph's take. John Nash paused because he was watching boxing. <laughs> so he missed a good portion of the card because he's watching the Charlo fight, right? <laughs> and his system is set up so based on his, some complicated feed that he's got from the wire that he pulls behind the 7-Eleven, uh, uh, the end of bushes where he lives, you know, he can only get one at a time. So, um, so I was the only one who actually sat through and watched. Well, no, Steph, Steph did as well. John was, you know, doing his boxing thing, and 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 again, boxing. Can is it too late for us to call boxing the soccer of of combat sports? Charlo, what was that? Fifteen rounds, and like, and they have some complicated. Oh, it was fifth. It was a split majority decision draw the fuck does that mean what does that mean you mean we sat there for 15 rounds and these guys have fought a split majority draw decision so that's like essentially zero zero you you, do you know what that makes you feel like you ever watch those movies and at the end of the movie guy wakes up and it feels like it was all it was all a dream you know what fuck you in your movie don't get no investment two hours of my life and at the end you tell me zero zero <laughs> zero zero wait 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 a second i drove here it's been expensive tickets i've been drinking all day and no wonder they're soccer hooligans we've been sitting here three hours and the score is zero zero nah you gotta do better than that and <laughs> we send this to hollywood for rewrites i want a better ending than that anyway you know you know, Steph is a positivist. You know, I'm I, I'm not a negative guy. Negative. Negative. I'm not a negative guy. But it felt snoozy to me. And then Nash said, I know what it is. It wasn't that the fights themselves were snoozy. It's that ESPN on every break has to jam in every commercial that they can, and that's fine, right? If they if if they they got to make their money somehow, um, but if you know anything about TV, if you're seeing the same commercial more than once, it means they got a package deal. You got a package deal because they were not able to sell sell that space for more to others. So in other words, if you're watching a three-hour broadcast and half of that three-hour broadcast are TV commercials that you're seeing multiple times, that means they can't sell real ad space and they're hurting. Just like if you see a movie, my kid got me to watch this thing on Netflix Manifest, and you know all these characters will run into the scene and only one will speak. And I was like, you know what's happening there? Anybody who speaks when their face or image is on camera is officially not an extra, an actor. They have to be paid like an actor. So you can tell a movie is done on a budget when you have a bunch of characters run into a scene, a character says to them, you guys go around the back, and they just go like this. For those just listening on the radio, I'm silently nodding my head. Yeah, you know what? I've tried it all. I've, I've tried muting. I've tried walking away. Uh, but it's why I, I don't I don't prefer video. <laughs> Strangely enough, I say on video because it occupies my eyes and my ears. Somebody suggested something, Mr. DS, Mr. So Ends Valentine suggested we should do an old radio. We could we could get around the copyright laws by watching the UFC fights and doing an old radio show where we talk about what we're seeing in the fights. So we've not abridged any copyrights, but like the old style, people would be listening to, in other words, we would replace, hi, <laughs> we could replace the color commentary desk by the Oopsie. You could buy the, the fights, you could mute it, and you could tune in to our color commentary. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Let me tell you something. 
I got a lot of stuff that's that's a great idea, a genius idea, but I got so many genius ideas that haven't panned out. Shirts, books, records, you know, I, there's a band, and the cat follows me on Instagram. I don't need to talk about it. I, you know, I think they, I put out one of the records, really went to the hole for these guys. And I'm not saying it because I want a pat on the back, but they sold like uh, 100 records. 100. A friend of mine used to work at uh, Universal Records in Germany, in Hamburg. He signed uh, Rammstein. And he was golden. He could have done anything after that. He could have done anything after that. Could have come and pooped in the office, and that guy would have been—he would have been free as a bird. Could have done anything, anything he wanted. He went. So you can't Donald Shalala me on my own show. He went and signed a band called Biscuit Boy. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me talking about it. Biscuit Boy. They spent. They put like two or three million dollars into a music video. This biscuit boy is going to be huge. Mark my fucking word, they're going to be huge. But all my and then he tells me he goes, they, they didn't sell so well. I go, well, well, what do you mean? How much did they sell? He goes, you know, 130. You know, I go, 130,000 is not bad, man. In this day and age, you know, in this digital divide between people kind of phasing out CDs and moving into streaming, it's not that. He goes, 130, 100 records plus 30 more. I said, on a three three million dollar budget, and he just looks at me like, mm-hmm. well, he doesn't work at Universal anymore, and in fact, he's not in the music business anymore. One day you're hot, and one day you're not. I don't know how I got down that road. I don't remember the deaf cat is trying to get in, yelling on the other side of the glass door, distracting me. But uh, you know it, the eyes and the ears. Oh, oh, it's why I don't favor videos. Maybe I don't. I don't. I don't like to have my time monopolized. So though, oh, I know it was the good ideas that don't bear fruit. See, it's a great idea. <laughs> he should have. He should have done that. Uh, it's a good idea, but I don't. You know, it, it's hard enough to do this stuff. Hard enough. I am. I am probably a few weeks. From having a major, majorly revelatory explanation for you about it's like it's like <laughs> it's like if I was being kidnapped and you saw me out in public. Uh, here's a better idea, and I know this actually happened to somebody. Suppose you you see me out in public and you're like, "Oh, hey, Eugene," and I was someplace where I wasn't supposed to be with somebody who I wasn't supposed to be. You don't know this. All you know is Eugene's acting really fucking weird. And if you've been paying attention to the show for like the last year or two years, you've heard me dark whispers about things, illusions. I, I, I very rarely speak in generalities. I was speaking about very specific situations, but I haven't been able to talk about it. Depending on what happens in the next few weeks, I might be able to tell you exactly what's going on. And it will shake you to your core. You'll be like, my God, Eugene, how did you do this show through all that? So the idea of doing running color commentary like old style radio, it's a great idea. Now, you know, how many fail? A friend of mine said, We're all three bad relationships away from homosexuality. I like his pronouncements. His pronouncements were also, he had another one No woman will talk to you if she doesn't like you, even if your car is on fire. So these were his pronouncements. But this is, uh, you know, this is, this is one of those things where mm, the only thing that could, well, I don't even want to get more into it. But let me just say, if I've been weird the last two or three years, there's been a reason for it. I'll explain later. Anyway, this is too much with the commercials, with the commercials, with the commercials, with the commercials. And and, and let's just start with the top of the card first. Islam Makachev against, well, now I got to think. Who did he fight? The fact that I can't remember who Makachev fought last night should say it all. 
He fought uh, uh, a Brazilian guy, Tiago Santos, maybe. Um, no. Health problems? No. No, 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 no. Moises, yeah. They're not health problems. Shake you to your core. No, no, not physically something. No, no. You, let me tell you. Yeah, no, it's not health problems. That I've been fit as a fiddle until January this year. So don't, 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 don't. that's not it. I'll get into it later. So Islam, Khabib is in his corner. I see Javier Mendez in his corner. The guy was my pick. No question. No question is a great, let's not get, get ahead of ourselves, is a really good fighter. Sports entertainment. It feels very strange to say this, but he doesn't have the charisma of a Khabib. And if you had said to me three years ago anything about Khabib's charisma, and the kids smiling at me through the glass. Yeah, if you if you wouldn't say anything about Khabib's charisma two, two, three years, six months ago, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Accused rapist Conor McGregor has that it quality, that charisma. The guy opens his mouth, you kind of want to listen, you kind of want to watch. Even though his his act is running amazingly thin, don't have to relitigate that. That's well known. The Nader was with he well the Nader he just had. He just had. Prior to that, it was with him Mayweather and the, the two of them, they were just essentially calling each other bitches. Bitch, 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 bitch. Man, you guys are getting paid for this. Unbelievable. So, you know, so to talk about Khabib, now Khabib was a sleeper. Yeah, I know, but then you start to think about the little things that he did. Came in with, he's got a nickname. Came in with the Dagestani hat. Came in with the Dagestani crew. Had a few well-publicized kind of, you know, like the thing with the uh, accused rapist kind of. And he suddenly found himself being a charismatic, you know, main card, headlining cat type cat that people were interested in. Started a, a social media thing. He's got Hasbulla on there. All of a sudden, he's like the spear point for this Dagestani thing, and he's in with the Chechnya, and it's like all the—he's like a story. He's like—he's got charisma. Yes, the, the 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 Dylan Dennis thing. No, I'm already in love with the Paul brothers. What he, what he's doing to to raise money for combat athletes is something that it's like a beast slouching toward toward Jerusalem. We've been waiting for that. We've been waiting for somebody to do it. And it had to be somebody from outside, I guess, because that's what's happening. And I read an article yesterday about uh, uh, the, the Baldwin got him on the phone and my system crashed and I couldn't finish reading the article. I don't know what it was that he, but if Mr. Sausage on the Plates calls you because you've been talking about sausages on the plates, you got to know that you're having some success. Even if it's a threat. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, you know what? He, if he gave them VIP tickets, he gave them tickets. So he's like, if you can't beat him, join him. I'm going to make it seem like we're, 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 we're cruising, that we're on the same team about what with this. Uh, I own it. Stay ahead of the story. Good move. Not as good as going from 17% to 23% to your to fighter pay. Think I'm talking about 6%. 6 percent. Six freaking percent. That's what, we're, that's what we're talking about. So Khabib's got charisma, you know, the, and then the show that he was doing with DC, then da 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 ba da 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 ba. Islam, it's got none of that. Even sometimes there's anti charisma. Oleg Taktarov, one of my favorite uh, old time UFC fighters, you he'd walk in, he'd walk out. You couldn't tell by his face or bearing whether he won or lost that fight. His affect was completely blunted, which is funny because I met the guy in person and 
he's a live wire in person. He's like a Russian. Ah, yeah, ah. Going into the fight game, icy. Islam, perfectly, he, he, he's got the personality of a journeyman, and it'll be interesting to see, not interesting enough to keep me into MMA, but interesting enough to see until the Johnny Boni Joni, Israel Ansaya, Usman, the, the people that we're all still here watching, the Diaz brothers that we still sort of give a shit about. Um, it, it'll it's of interest as long as they're you know they're, and let, as long as there's another spear point you know focus on. I'm interested in Islam whether he can take sports accomplishment and use it to fashion a personality that generates numbers on a bigger card. I don't know what the numbers were like on the card last night, but you were you were a bad, bad degenerate. And I started watching from uh, I started watching two fights from the end of the um, prelims. So I watched a lot, many hours. I started like watching at six and didn't end up until after nine. And if you think that plays well at the homestead based on how much I make off of doing this show, which is not even technically an MMA show, it doesn't play well. So he, he disposes of, of, you know, the guys of black belt in jujitsu, you know, um, yeah, there's like different degrees of black belts. Islam, you know, fought, fought a great fight. I guess uh, one of the stats that Steph hit me with this morning was that he's had thir- 13 strikes. He's been struck 13 times in his last few fights that's an amazingly it's not like people are missing him it's like he's dispatching them before you know before they can get more than that i i don't know whether it was 13 fights during this fight or 13 fights over an accumulated fight but it doesn't make a difference the fact that we just got two digits out of the number of times he's been struck and he's an mma fighter is pretty amazing misha while on the one hand i'm glad that she stopped sending me bikini photos and she I'm glad she got rid of that boyfriend because I'm way too invested in her personal life because of the bikini photos and I'm glad that she takes to motherhood you know at my kids school there was a, a a mother who was always hitting on me and uh it was clear to me that she hated being a mother and her kids I think pretty much knew it too. As soon as they could go to boarding school, they went to boarding school. And I was like, yeah, I know what it's like to have a kid. Why would you have two when you knew you didn't like being a mother after one? Couldn't figure it out. And then I realized it was because the oldest kid was a daughter. And everybody, she, she probably told herself, well, maybe if I had a son, it would be different. No. No. And then she would do this thing that drove me crazy. She would like hit on me in a really ham-handedly aggressive way in front of her husband, who I really liked, who was a friend of mine. And so for her 40th birthday, he said, hey, I'd like to talk to you. I bet I want to come over. I'm going to make a, a, a birthday present for her. I want everybody to leave funny messages. On uh, I'm going to make a video of it. So can I kind of so oh, man, I, you know, you probably got closer friends than me. I'm not because no, but I, you know, she likes you. I want to put you in it. So he comes over and we're just chatting, and it's only the two of us there. It's in the middle of the day. It's only the two of us alone in my house. And he says, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I have a lot of regrets. But one thing I'll never regret and never accept to be a mistake is marrying, put your name in there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, great. We're going to set up the tripod. And he's like, I love my wife. I was like, okay. He goes, I love my wife. Bro, man, this is getting kind of weird. Have you ever, you know, I'm thinking, have you ever seen me display any interest in this woman? The same woman who that I'm eating grapes, ooh, that I'm holding grapes in my hand, just kind of casually at a party, goes, can I have some of those grapes? And I start to raise them, and she goes, I'll eat them from there. Stop it. Dude is standing right there. You mean that wife? 
Come on. So <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I Miesha is back. Somebody had a complicated scenario that I thought was fairly compelling, and what they said is they said um, that they think that she's back. It, she had one fight left in her contract. She wanted to fulfill that fight in the contract, and then she was going to go to uh, some other fight organization uh, and get the big money. But her win over a Marion Renault, who I love, I, I, Marion Renault is, is probably the world's most perfect gift because no matter every single fight that she's had that she's lost, I picked her to win. And every single fight that I sat out because I thought I just can't pick against her, but I don't want to lose, she would win. I can't. I, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. Marion, she got way too comfortable with, with losing. And it reminds me of Sergeant Rock had a cart, uh, comic book, and there was a character in it called Tank, and he was a boxer. And his one skill was that nobody could put him down. He wasn't a great boxer. They were all beating him, but they, but they, wouldn't, they couldn't put him down. And, of course, he gets drafted. He goes and fights in World War II when he's fighting against a German tank. And like they kill all of his buddies. And he, he's got to pick up the bazooka to stop the tank. And then he's like, can't put me down. And he puts a bazooka on his shoulder. And he blows the tank away. I always liked that character. So that's Marion Renault. But, you know, I could see that there were glimpses that she had. She's just gotten comfortable with, with losing. And from her point of view, it's like, hey, I'm still getting booked. Fuck you, Mr. Robinson. Okay. Well, she's retired. And what did she leave? She left mist and fumes in, in Misha's head. Like, Misha, I'm glad you take it to motherhood. I'm really glad, which is how I got into that digression about the guy and his wife. You know, I'm glad you've taken the motherhood. I, I really like to see people who are excited about being parents. And it wasn't Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. It was Sergeant Rock and Easy Company, right? I made that mistake recently and all my co comic book buddies fucking loaded on. I was like, ah, right, come on, I'm under a lot of pressure. So I'm, I'm hoping there, there's another plan because if the plan is to go against uh, Amanda Nunes, you better get that shit out of your head. Your best bet right now is to give Holly Holmes a chance to get back on, and to get, you know, all that other stuff, get it. That is like, that is, that is a fumatorium talking. You got to get, yeah, okay, you VP at one, okay, all right. So maybe this is a ploy. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, but I like seeing her in there. What was the other fight I cared about? Uh, uh, um, yeah, man. Uh, Billy Qu uh, uh, Quantilo, the, the cat from Buffalo. Now, you understand as a New Yorker, Buffalo is barely New York. They sound Canadian if two new people from New York City. Like you say upstate. If you, if you tell somebody you're from upstate and you say that in Brooklyn, they think you either mean <laughs> over where I play the G building is Kings County or they think that you mean you were in prison. Upstate, Buffalo, but he beat the side. I knew that Benitez was in trouble when they said, um, when they said, uh, Javier says he's the hardest kicker. He's the hardest kicker. He's the hardest kicker at AKA. That's what he said. He's the hardest. It's like, that's, that's it. That's like saying Eugene's the best singer in Oxbow. Uh, you know what? I'm actually the only singer in Oxbow. I guess it doesn't take much to be the best, right? So I don't know what kind. I, I, you know, I, I, Benitez he fought, but you could see halfway through that second round, you could see the soul just he just kind of gave up. And, and and you know what? I don't say that and to put the guy down at all. You know, there's a point where a good person knows their limitations. It's like, I can't stop this guy. Unless I'm going to Tyson him and bite something off him, I got nothing here. 
In fact, that works in jujitsu, where a guy starts to feel you relax and he relaxes, and then you get a burst of rageful anger and you get out of something. Mm hmm. So I haven't, I haven't missed, a, I haven't missed. A, I've, I've trained seven days a week now for about since they opened up again, since we could start training. The first week I went easy on myself. I said, well, I'll go Tuesday, I'll go Thursday. At 196, I, I think I, my weight had dropped to 192. You see the weight's coming back. I think I'm 205 now. But at 192, I was getting murderized. No, it wasn't even funny. And I, I had to have start a, a real serious talk with myself. Had to you either go through this and come out the other side where you were, or you quit now. Choose. Quit. Go away. Beat it. Do something else. Pick up tennis. So it's like, all right, I'm not gonna do that. I figure I'm about six years away from my black belt by my estimation. Get my act again. I'm thinking about competing in September. I just don't want to give mon money to Brazilians, though. I mean, how, do you realize I was born in 1962? How many other cats who were born in 1962, 14 months shut down COVID, are going to be competing at this this open thing in in September? And once they give you, you give them that money, bro, they don't want to give it back. They don't want to give you your money back. And there's a Delta variant issue, and we don't even want to get into that. But I'm looking forward to it. So I get back at 192, and since that first week, I haven't haven't missed a day. Knock on wood. So there, so I gave you three. I gave you Islam, I gave you Misha, and I gave you B Billy Quantillo. And there was a, a fourth one that I cared about, but I can't remember what it was. I mean, they were all on the main card. But it was a, it was, it was, I, I tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you an example about something. I remember a friend was taking a lot of what, oopsie, what we used to call the dreaded. And that's uh, LSD. You know, vision questing, magical mystery touring, whatever you want to call it. He was making, you know, now that everybody's microdosing and using it as a therapeutic adjunct for people with PTSD, it's, it seems to be an accepted deal, right? This guy had problems with depression and, you know, it helped him quite a bit. Leaps and bounds, amazing experiences, places, people. But then at one point he said he had taken it and he found himself at home watching TV. Yo, uh, no, 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 you're talking about uh, uh, Rudolph uh, Vieira. I like that fight, but I didn't care about the fight going in. Or no, was that? No, 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 Stevens. Tommy, who's the other guy? Let me know. There was one other fight on the card. So he was watching TV, and he was like, you know, if you take, if you take what was a standard dosage of, of LSD, of acid back then, you were talking about an 18-hour ride. You don't, you don't need to have 18 hours in front of a TV. Uh, let me, I'm going to go out to the patio. Um, we don't, you don't need to have 18 hours of TV viewing. Five, you don't, it, it, these things don't have to be connected. They don't. You don't have to connect them. And so the guy stopped taking psychedelics at that point. He stopped doing it. He stopped doing it. 18 hours. For what? To watch TV? No, no, no. These, this is where you get into the degenerate behavior. Most, most of the drugs won't kill you, but you get into degenerate loops and your body wants to, to recycle and when you keep doing it, you can't stop yourself. Well, we, if we use a corollary and talk about MMA as being a drug, I got to question the efficacy because not only did this drug this weekend offer any kick, it didn't even offer the benefits addiction offers. It didn't make me feel good. It didn't make me feel interesting. It didn't make me feel anything. I would have much rather spent this entire show talking about the Substack Because in during the Substack, do you know how Alexander the Great, uh, Great died? Well, you read the Substack today about uh, uh, accused rapist Conor McGregor, 
and and you'll find out. Do you know how General George Custer died and how old he was when he died? Well, you'll find out. Do you know about the first time I tried to kill myself? You read the Substack, you find out. Uh, good for you. I, I was going to talk about that. Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, too. Could somebody please send me a check or at least several letters of apology? It, it, it has more impact if I write it, so I'll, I'll, I'll write it. I was the first, for those of you just listening on, on, on SoundCloud, I just typed in M-M-A-R-P. I was the first one publicly to make the claim that there had to be a Silver Jubilee League. And people were like, ah, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. Oh, am I? Am I? Hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, um, I guarantee you, I guarantee, look, we're not talking the U.S. Open, IBJJF, when I show up and there's like one guy in the unlimited weight class who weighs 320 pounds who is like one year over the, the, the age grouping. Yeah, I was born in 1970. Oh, so you're eight years younger than me and you weigh 320 pounds. Gamrot, Gamrot. Yes, thank you, thank you. Polish power, Gamrot, that was great. Uh, Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget, that was the one I cared about, and I picked him. And the thing is, he was very gracious afterward, but sometimes that graciousness killed him. You know what? Go back and watch that fight and look at Stevens' face. You ever wanted an argument for why they should kick 17, more than 17% of the fighters? You look at Steven's face. That guy is as far from being mystified as ever because he knows where he is. We're not even talking basement gatekeeper. We're not even talking about that. Hui. You're going to retire from what? To what? What distinction? What benefit? You're not even talking about a Hall of Fame guy. The depths of fucking hell. The tortures of the damned. Where, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. It's getting hard. And it's like somebody, one of you said once in the comment, or maybe it was under one of the shows, like, it's almost like they're purposely doing it. Keep keep in mind, keep in mind, at one point, and uh, we're going to start, we'll edge it toward the rabbit. At one point, we had a show booked in, in Prague, outside outskirts of Prague. And all of a sudden, everybody's discouraging us from playing it. By everybody, I mean the promoter, the booker, people whose job it is to gin up the show are discouraging us from showing up. They start doing the typical thing. We can't pay you what we said we we're going to pay. We're going to honor the guy. And I said, fuck those guys. Let's not go. And the bass player said, he goes, hey, listen. Hey, wait a minute. Listen, first of all, we hate days off. So it's better to play in front of people, in front of no people. And secondly, think of the impact we'll have. I go, what are you talking about? Nobody wants us to show up. Everybody will hate that we showed up. I was like, oh, man, we got to go. How up, you know, this is like the repo man. Most people spend their lives avoiding difficult situations. The repo man seeks it out. The idea of pulling into town and have everybody hate you. Man, I was just like, we got to do it. So we pull in. Everybody hates us. Everybody. You can see it. The promoter's like, oh, God. The other band, their van is a band called Dead and Gone. Their van had broken down, and they were in town. And they said, they, they said you know, we did some radio you know, we've been we've been here all week. So guess what? We're headlining. Like, okay, we got to go, go on right now. Get on right now. And the the uh, our guitar player is sound checking. You know, get a quick line check, and he's playing a Neil Young song. And all these like you know, crusty punks with orange mohawks 
are at the bar and they're like mocking us and laughing. <laughs> and we open up with the Oxbow song, Bullseye. And halfway through the song, I'm not paying attention because I'm just angry, angry. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't know them, but I know of them and I love them. Yeah. So uh, um, the drummer was looking, a drummer was looking and he said about halfway into like 20 seconds into Bullseye, Oxbow song Bullseye, he looked and the audience was just like, <laughs> they had stopped. And by the end of the show, they'd become like, ah, crazy. They were like, it was like the best. They were super happy. But we were like, you know, we're going to fucking wrestle you to the floor and you're going to take it. And then, of course, the band who said, we've been here all week and we got a headline, they've become friends of ours, dead and gone. So I'm not talking, you know, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, look, I'm not talking shit about it. But they were like, headline after that, they were like, oh, God. Come on, they're trying to get the audience revved up, and they're like, nah. So it was, it was, you know, this was somehow connected to fighting. I I, I don't know how. Oh, Stevens and Brand So uh I don't, I can't remember. I'm just making it up at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh the residents, I was friends with the dude. I was sad when he died. Um Hardy. Now it can be revealed. Hardy Fox, since they all wore masks. Um, but Jeremy Stevens, it's it's like fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. I almost feel sorry. He's the he's permanently now etched as the who the fuck is this guy guy, and now we've come full circle with accused rapist Conor McGregor starting and ending the show. I, I don't know what to tell. I, I have no advice for somebody like Stevens, except, you know, in the end, what you discover is that whatever you sold yourself for, it's never enough. You need to practice. All of us need to practice looking in the mirror and with a straight face demanding unearned rewards because there are other people out there who do that and get it. I'll give you a prime example in an MMA way that'll make sense to you. Do you know how much mats cost? Mats. Whether it's tatami, foam mats, dolomore, all these mats that they that coat the floors at MMA places, Brazilian jiu-jitsu places, you know, they're expensive. They're like expensive. They're expensive. You have a mat that covers the average floor at a jiu-jitsu place, that mat is like $8,000, $12,000, that's crazy. I know a guy called up a mat company and goes, I want you to send it here. And not only just, it, it would be one thing if he just sent them the mat and they say, okay, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a consumer good that can be traded in and out. No. He says, I want a personalized logo in the middle of the mat. And they sent it to him for free. Now, I, I used to have, have this in my head that, you know, yeah, you don't know what you get. Uh-oh, battery is going to sleep soon. Let's plug into a proper outlet. Oh, it's too far away. I got I to uh, hold on. I, I don't want to be rushed again. Hold on. Oh, 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 God. Yeah. 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 Oh. All right. <laughs> yeah, boy. It's professionalism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, got the plug. Couldn't can't now. Can't remember what I'm talking about because I'm underrested. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? Somebody help me, please. Save me in the last four minutes of this show. Well, <laughs> come on. I'm old. I got four hours of sleep last night. Help me. Help me. Help me. Yeah, it's like sounds like J James Brown. Well, I can't remember what I was saying. Uh, um, the mats. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So this cat got the mats. The mats show up and they're emblazoned with his logo in the center. I go, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I don't know how that works. Over the course of time, I, I have been, I'll give you another example. I go into a, a, a record store. I buy 
$100 worth of records and books. The guy working at the counter gives me $120 back. He sees me look at the money. He looks at me. He goes, here's your receipt. The receipt says I spent $100. Dude just put $120 in my, in my hand. You want to know why Tower Records is out of business? Guy's doing me a solid. You know, Josh Barnett, you know, he's a, I got a 65 Chevy. He's got some like hot shit, hot rod. Say, man, you know, we're talking about car parts and so on. He took the guy at the, who makes this, this thing, this expensive thing I have in my car. It costs about $4,000. He said, Josh said, if I don't send it to you, he'll kill me. The guy sends me this thing. And I said, well, how much do I owe you, bro? I figured wholesale, you know. The guy stops communicating with me. It's clear for free. Eddie Murphy said it best, but he's, you know, when people are alone, they give each other stuff for free. With white people, with black people around white people, well, he, Eddie Murphy is making a joke, but there's a whole universe of people. And once you have sausages on your plate, you do that shit on the regular. Go home, go into your bathroom, look into the mirror, and practice demanding unearned rewards with real conviction. Because if you don't, you end up Jeremy Stevens. Josh Barnett is, is a prince among men. A prince among men. So, uh, um, so it was a snooze fest. And the question is, we've already talked about this on old shows. They do it to me next week. See, the thing is, it's correctly gauging titration of the, the, the drug. If there are 14 fights on the card and I only care about two, I don't start watching at four o'clock. I float in at 8.30 and I watch the last two. And that way, the sting, it's a bump. It's a little bump. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. He did get turned into a meme. But you know what I'm saying? You, you just, you got to, you got to. Because in the end, you want to say, hey, 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 you know what? Indecent proposal. Yeah, my wife screwed Robert Redford, but at least we got a million dollars for it. If your wife screwing Robert Redford is worth a million dollars for you, get the million. I never saw the movie. I don't know if she did or didn't do it. Get the money. Because in the end, it's only money. People send messages lots of different ways. And money is one of the most potent and also one of the most meaningless. So, so there you go. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Uh, go to the Substack. I put the address up above. Uh, what else do I got? I want to publicly again acknowledge and thank. Still haven't personalized it yet. I got to use the Google Assistant step for this. Fights a watch on this. Uh, the wife suggests I even do the show on this instead of using her computer, which is now I've done every since the past five shows. If you want the story about the dead guy computer, um, which is here, and the guy's refusal to to copy over, uh, it's down here on the floor to copy over all my adult instructional videos. We could talk about that next week, but I've, I've, I've covered it all. But instead of taking on the Connor thing, straight ahead for face value, read the Substack, and I just go macro. I'm not talking about what he said. What does it mean he's going to do this? And Just go macro, macro. Anyway, try to live until next week. Stay alive. No comas. The Delta variant is out there. If you're not vaccinated, uh, good luck trying to know. I've had more people die in the last week. Fortunately, not people known to me, but by which I mean not, not very close in the circle, not super close to me, but known associates. So I'm vaccinated. That's why I'm back to train twice a day. And now they say, you know, you can watch your mask inside in California to protect people who are unvaccinated. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck about you if you're unvaccinated. And now they give it, they're like forcing people to do it here. I understand if you got, if you, ideologically, you will, will not do it like the Seventh-day Adventists. I get it. That's cool. 
that's cool. You don't mind if you die. And nobody connected to you minds if you die. That's cool. And maybe you don't die. Okay. Then let's can we stop talking about you? Because <laughs> I'm fine. I feel great. I got vaccinated. I feel fine. Trying to talk my mother into getting vaccinated. She's like, I already got COVID. I have antibodies. Well, that's not enough. Well, she's not gonna do it. She's also 81. She'd be able, I guess, to go out on her own terms. Who knows? What can I say? She's a refusenik. We're working on her. My sister was in Istanbul. She finally got vaccinated. So we can have some sort of mini family reunion coming up. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, August 5th, I'm going to be in San Francisco in public doing a show with Lydia Lunch and Bob Hal- uh, Calhoun, who did this book called Murders That Made Us. Bob Calhoun is, doesn't know it, but he's largely responsible for all the fine, expensive wood that I have forming the fence in front of my house for free. Apparently, he was instrumental in putting together a show that saved somebody's life. The woman now works at a big construction company, gave me the lumber for free because I saved her life. I didn't even know this. Didn't even know it. Anyway, the show's done. <laughs> the show's done. We'll see you people. Uh, uh, I say people because they're, they're women who listen to the show, too. We'll see you next week. Monday afternoon, we got Care Don't Care, two fights out of 14. It is what it is. We talk about other stuff. Listen to the show if, if you have the drugs. Tuesday night, John Nash and Alexi and I are on If the uh, if the Shoes Fit. And that's it for this week. I'm pretty sure that's it. The show Stomper, Substack. I got some, I got one coming up that you're going to love. You're not, a, is it left field? You're not going to eat. You don't read the Richard Kern one. That's fine. He's sort of a celebrity. I got one coming up that that will blow you away. Anyway, show's done. We'll see you soon. Be careful. Take care of yourself. Look what you made me do!